Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Celtic state of mind, it's Thursday afternoon, I've got to welcome JP back to his normal Thursday slot, uh, but you're going to be away for a few weeks, you can tell us all about that as well JP, and uh, Peter Magaki, our newest recruit, is coming in on a Thursday uh, once again, great to see you, there's a proper Celtic away vibe going on, we've got the lime green down the bottom, the bomb will be up the top, um, I think we should talk about the uh, leaked kits and see if it is uh, genuine. But before we do that, obviously we're facing uh, Rangers on Saturday. Uh, we faced them last night. It doesn't seem to matter what level we face them at JP, we can win and we win trophies. Um, last night, exciting game, 3 nothing up, ends up 3 each and uh, goes to penalties and we have a hero of the hour um, and our young goalkeeper. And I think when you look at um, at the aftermatch when, when Josh Clark is given the plaudits, you know, lifting the trophy with the captain. Um, it's only fair. What a performance by the youngsters. Uh, I would like to say I saw the game, Paul, but I didn't. I was uh, I was actually at the cinema. So uh, shame on me for not watching Celtic at all levels. What were you watching? Uh, the 1998 uh, Wes Anderson classic Rushmore. Have you, have you ever seen it? I have not. What? I've not seen it. Did you oh, go to right. one of these cool wee theatres to watch it? Ah, the GFT. Um, yeah. It was, uh, I, I, so I found that I, I got out when I was a wee guy because it was it had Bill Murray in it. And anything with Bill Murray in it is amazing. So, um, even I, Space Jam? Even Space Jam? I Bill Murray's in it and uh, Jason Schwartzman. There's actually a Scottish actor in it as well. Um, you remember the guy that played Bob Coyle in the Acid House? Oh, Yes. Yes, he was also in Wee Man, wasn't he? He played yeah. uh, Arthur Thompson. Yeah, Arthur yeah. Thompson Jr. So it's quite weird hearing a Scottish accent in an American film in a Glasgow cinema. So like every time that guy had a line, the place all like, burst out laughing because he invariably swore um, quite aggressively in the film because <laughs> he's just like a oh, stereotypical Scottish guy in an American <laughs> film swearing like a trooper all the time. Swear so, aggressively. Be, be yeah. more Scottish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's a great film, and uh, yeah, I was at that. So I, I, I'm, I'm not privy to the, the, um, the exploits of the Celtic youth team last night. This, the Celtic youth team, yeah, they've done re- really well. We were talking yesterday actually about how the Glasgow Cup, 
used to be a, a really um, sought-after tournament, and I felt quite sorry. The reason it came up in conversation yesterday is we were celebrating the 37th birthday of Emilio Izaguirre, um, who was born in 1986, and the day before he was born, Celtic lost out in the Glasgow Cup final to Rangers at Ibrox in front of 40,000 fans. And we were talking about how th- times have changed. And I mean, 1986, okay, uh, we're getting on a wee bit. Uh, but, you know, the lime green that was first seen in 86 and all that, doesn't seem like a lifetime away. But now the Glasgow Cup is a tournament that is played for by the B teams. And obviously last night it was uh, again contested and it was a, a thrilling affair. It looked as though Celtic were going to absolutely... Um, pump them for want of a better expression. Adam Brooks uh, scored a couple. Rocco Vata scored three nothing up. But Ange Postecoglou was looking on, and I found that really interesting, Peter, because he seems to have his finger on the pulse, regardless of the level that Celtic are playing. He's interested. He wants to know what's happening. I know it's it's, it's brilliant for the the guys at that level. Um, it would have had a lot of notes to write because uh, I watched the highlights of the game and it was it was a wee bit wild. I mean, we played just the highlights that I've seen, but um, we seemed to do really, really well in the first half. Typical Celtic, you know, breaking away, 3 not and up, putting them at the sword. But uh, the second half highlights were, were a tough watch. But at the end of the day, got the job done again. And that's what, it, that's what it's about, breeding a style of football. You're going to make mistakes, especially if you're going to play the sort of Ange Postecoglou style of football at that, at that level. Mm-hmm. So it's good to sort of um, th- throw them into the fire and um, make the mistakes and hopefully they learn from it. But yeah. again, at the end of the day, they won, they won and they won well. And uh, um, the penalties was... I mean, I knew the result when I watched the highlights, but it was still nerve-wracking watching the penalties. I didn't know who was going to score, who was going to miss. But uh, aye, the keeper keeper did brilliant in some of the saves. Uh, one of, I think one of them he just stayed still, right down the middle. So he would read the boy uh, by a mile there. So aye, uh, great to see it and great to see um, the reaction for the for the boys at the end. Yeah, it's superb, and and that's probably the only time we're going to see a penalty against Rangers. JP, you've been looking at some of these stats. You know, the only team. The only team um, in about 134 sides that have not conceded a penalty. And because it's now been raised... It's Moonhowling if you say anything about it, though. Quote-unquote Moonhowling, so... The thing with that is, some people don't like to go near the subject because they get accused, not on Celtic media, by the way, but, you know, maybe... In the mainstream, JP, they don't they don't want to go near the subject in case they get accused of being conspiracists or moon howlers or um tin hat wearers or whatever else they get accused of. But it is it's more than an anomaly. I mean, it's incredible that you can go fifty-two league games without conceding a penalty. But because it's been raised, JP, what's the odds of us getting a penalty on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they'll all have been saying, like that we're putting pressure on the referees to so of course, we would get one in a meaningless game when, when the title's already uh, already won. But I, I think I actually heard one of them say or read one of them say that the reason that they, they haven't given a penalty away is because they're so bad at defending. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, that was a pretty loose excuse. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't buy into the conspiracy thing, but I do find it a very, very weird anomaly that, that it's been that long. Uh, and I mean, but then they'll point to oh, well, we've had them against us in cups and you uh, in Europe and things like that. So it's clearly not. It's just they're just thinking oh, it's just 
I know, I, 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 like I say, an anomaly, but I don't know. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a weird one. On the youth, winning at that level, your winning breeds a winning mentality, doesn't it? So you want guys who've won stuff together. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they do get their opportunity in the first team, they're not, they don't feel as... Um, it's not such a daunting task to come into well, what is a, a winning machine at the highest level. Mm-hmm. If they've been winning at their level, then it'll serve them better for coming into the in, into the into the first team. And you'd like to think that maybe that is what Ange Postecoglou and his backroom team are planning to do: is to that all of this last last season and this season with the Japanese players and anybody else that he's brought in has been a kind of short-term thing, whereas the long-term goal is to leave, you know, good quality players mm-hmm. you know, to fill the boots of Callum McGregor, Kieran Tierney, James Forrest, et al. Yeah, definitely. And see the thing with that, there's been obviously massive changes even since Ange came in to the B team set up and uh, the proposal to set up a conference league that sits um, as part of the pyramid um, which a lot of clubs are unhappy with uh, because it's basically saying that they've relegated every club below this conference that's going to be sitting below the uh, fourth tier of Scottish football. So I get that argument. Uh, but Celtic, I think, need to be kind of selfish in that we need to have a situation where, you know, if we've got young players, JP, who can only play on the fifth level, the fifth tier of Scottish football, they're not going to, they're just not going to progress the way that they need to. We need to have a team that can actually climb through the pyramid system and I think that's the reason behind that. There's been big changes obviously since Ange came in because when he came in um, we had Tommy McIntyre running the B team and we interviewed Tommy just a few weeks ago it's on the, uh, it's actually on the megaphone, it's on all the audio channels, not on the YouTube um, but you can listen to that, he had an incredible career at Celtic uh, under loads of different Celtic managers, um, all of whom he spoke very highly of but Ange obviously had his own ideas um, Steve McManus went from the first team down to the B teams, working with uh, Darno Day, and they invested by buying guys in like Boston Lawal from uh, Watford, Joey Dawson from Scunthorpe, uh, Johnny Kenny came in from Sligo Rovers, didn't work out for him. But th- there's been an investment there, and I think Andrew's looking at that, and it's like what Peter says. You want to have that mentality that, you know, breeds from the under-8s right up to the first team. And you see the great pictures, uh, uh, Callum McGregor and, and a youth team with, with James Forrest, just kids, you know, and they're winning trophies and, and you can see them progressing through. So it's great to see that level of success. It's always great to be, it'd be great to beat Rangers at Tiddlywinks, let's be honest, never mind in the B team, Glasgow Cup final. But tonight, the women's team are playing and there was a big uh, push that um, I think was headed as well as by the club, but also by, you know, the North Curve, the boys, uh, the Green Brigade, because they had this idea, let's try out this Celtic end, uh, let's sell it out and let's make it a real spectacle to give you an idea of what it's going to look like. Um, before tonight's game against Glasgow City, Peter, the uh, record attendance for a women's game in Scotland was 8,000. Celtic have confirmed uh, over the last couple of hours that we've already sold more tickets um, than that. So it's going to break that record. Fantastic uptake by the season ticket holders, but uh, tickets are still available for tonight. And of course, the team led by Fran Alonso are currently five points behind Glasgow City. And we really could throw our hat back into the mix if we win tonight. Is that a game that you've got interest in? Are you going to watch it? Uh, I don't know if I'll make it tonight because I've got some plans, but um, I'll, I'll definitely watch and catch up with the result and stuff. Because to be honest with you, um, I'm more obviously I was just a sort of 
just straight up Celtic men's first team fan. And the more this season's went on, I've been more interested in the youth teams and I've certainly been more interested in, in, in the women's game. Like being on here, talking to people that, you know, are, are involved with the women's game and like giving you information and what's happening in the league and stuff. And it does, it does pique your interest. So that's definitely something that I've, I've started uh, taking an interest in and watching, getting to know some of the players, uh, realising that, you know, they're on, they could be on the cusp of winning, winning this league. And, um, and taking a vested interest and seeing how they're doing and uh, what position they're in the table, you know how many how many games they need to win and stuff. So, I it's it's really good because I think um, it's something that if if I'm get I feel as if I'm if I'm getting interested in it, then a lot of other people will start getting interested in it because I was sort of just a, a sort of oblivious to a lot of the stuff that was happening elsewhere in Celtic. Um, so I think. It will be really good, especially with the. It shows you with the fans. The fans are starting to buy into it as well. So mm-hmm. if, if they're breaking records, um, it shows the interest is growing, and it can only get better. And especially if we start being successful at that, at that level, um, it's just going to get bigger and better. I think it's a great move, JP. Uh, season ticket holders can get into the game, but do you think that there might be up to ten thousand at Celtic Park tonight? To, to watch the women's game is superb. I mean, um, we've got a, like a wee archive in here to, um, you know, reference material. There's loads of old Celtic views. And you're looking back to like 2008, and I'm asking myself at that point, how aware was I of the Celtic women's team? Not very, but they're there. They're in the, the view. The, the players are getting interviewed, etc. And I think there has been a big focus on it. A big part of it is they started asking fan media to attend press conferences, get to know Fran Alonso. We're a patron of the, the women's team, so... Um, you know, we hope to support them as much as we possibly can. But I just think also, like, you get to a certain age, JP, where you're thinking, well, there's always this dream that your wee boy might play for Celtic, but now it could be your wee boy or your wee girl that's playing for Celtic. I mean, Mark, Mark Burchill's daughter plays for Celtic. It's, it's mm-hmm. incredible how this has changed, but for the better, I think. Aye, absolutely. I would, I would have loved to have gone tonight and been part of that uh, record attendance, but I'm, I'm unfortunately working, so... Um, needs must, um, but yeah, I think it's great. It's great to see that you know Celtic are becoming a, a, a well-known you know sort of uh, outlet for you know the women's game. You know, and that they've got a, a manager who's obviously passionate about his job. He's taking taking blows for it. Um, I, I I don't really know what what came of that. There was an apology. Was there was there a six, was there a, six game ban? I think six, six game, game ban. ban. Is that what it was? Yeah. I think. Okay. I think. Yeah. Did Did uh, Neil Lennon not get something like four games for pretending he was an aeroplane? All against Hibs, five each. Yeah, five each game. Aye. So I don't know if the punishment was was quite right, but by the way, it was an assault. Um, and uh, just before we came on, I was saying to you there, there was a bit of a furore at the Manchester gig last night involving the view, uh, mm-hmm. and people's uh, phone footage just started trickling onto social media where. Kyle appears to have assaulted um, his bandmate, Kieran, and they've just released a statement to say that tonight's gig at London will not be going ahead. Um, and they're going to be making an announcement in the coming days. So who knows? It won't be going ahead tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So it didn't look good. I've got to say, it did not look good. And, mm. um, you know, when uh, three guys have got a band together, you know, when they're just young hopefuls, where, where were they from? Which area in Dundee? Was it? 
was there a player, place called Driver or something like that? And yeah. uh, just, you know, just right. a working class group of guys and they've found success. They've came back and obviously the rock and roll monster has taken over last night. So Kyle's a Celtic fan. Big shout out to Kyle. Hopefully it all works out. Now, there is quite a big game coming up uh, at the weekend. I don't care what anybody says. It's still a big game, JP. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about the last time that uh, Celtic fans were locked out. The last time we were locked out of Ibrox. And uh, under different circumstances, of course, David Murray banned Celtic fans back in 1994 because he was blaming us for £8,000 worth of damage to seats the last time we had visited Ibrox. So he banned it. But, you know, David Murray had the press in his pocket, JP. It was just a big bit of bluster for him to to take this focus like he owns us, he he rules the roost. This was in actual fact the first derby game after Fergus McCann's takeover back in 94. So we go to the game, uh, Paul McStay must have been injured, John Collins was a captain that day and we opened the scoring uh, from the left boot of John Collins's predator, which was quite famous at the time. Um, he used to love a, a free kick against Rangers. Uh, it finished one each and um, a couple or a group of really inventive and probably rich Celtic fans flew a plane over the stadium uh, with a big sign that said, Hail, hail, the Celts are here. Uh, we drew one each and we silenced the Ibrox crowd. Similar situation this weekend, different circumstances. Does it make any difference to the players, do you think? Is that to me? Aye. Does uh, it make I, any I, difference I, that we're not there? I, I think it will. I think you've heard them speak enough about what the fans do you know like mm. so hard talking in front of the support at Tyne Castle mentioning the fact that you know there was only a small amount there but they're always there do you know and we are always there I mean I've, I've been abroad many times now and it's it's always you know a great feeling to, to support Celtic when they go and play abroad and it doesn't change whether you're in you know Dingwall or uh, Dortmund it's, it's, it's that feeling of you know, you know that you're there and you're a voice to lend uh, support to the team. So to not have that in a stadium full of ravenous bears, um, it's going uh, you know, to... Is it a bear pit? Is it a bear pit? It's, it's is a, it a lion's den? <laughs> it's it's a, a combination of the two. <laughs> um, but I, I just think... Um, I, I, mean, I know I would feel it if I was a player that, you know, if I didn't have that kind of you know, guys on my side in, in that ground that it will, but the, the flip side to that is if you score a goal, oh my God. I mean, you saw how Jota celebrated at Hamden. He knew, he knew what he was doing when he ran over and did the the pose in front of their fans. He, he knew that wasn't in front of Celtic fans and he knew that image would probably become iconic. He's not, he's not an idiot. He's a smart guy. Yeah. The whole yeah. Bumblebee kit and the brazen head and all that, 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 that was pretty clever on his part. Not that he needs to do anything really to ingratiate himself with the support, but it doesn't take an idiot to figure out that going and getting your picture taken in one of the most famous Celtic pubs in Glasgow in a retro bumblebee kit. I mean, it's kind of... He's the double denim. <laughs> I, I double denim. He's, t- he's ticking a lot of boxes there really, isn't he? So, um, he is, he is. Yeah, but no, Saturday will be, uh, be an interesting one. I'll, I'll be on a flight <laughs> while the game's going on, so I'll be looking for for Wi-Fi to watch it. I don't know how that works. I've never ever tried to watch a football match on a flight before. So, um. well, well, JP, that leads us in. We will talk a wee bit more about Jota. 
the the retro kit, the fact that Lawrence Conley appeared on Tuesday with the double denim and the double B kit, <laughs> but not the mullet. Um, and he is, he's definitely playing up. This is Jota, not Lawrence Conley. He's playing up to the whole George Michael thing. Eh? It's brilliant. I love it. Um, but yes, you are going to be on a flight and you're going to be missing from the Thursday bulletin for a few weeks. But listen, you know, regardless of the fact that this is a Celtic podcast, we've got to ask you why. Why you're going to be missing, JP. It's a very exciting opportunity um, it's something that you know needs to be documented. It's a kind of chance of a lifetime. Uh, tell us all about it. Um, well, my friends are out supporting uh, the Cure in America, and <laughs> Cure. You know? It doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense to me that I'm able to say that out loud. But that is what's happening. And uh, amazing. I just um, wanted to take the opportunity to go out and spend a bit of time out there with them on the on the road and the and the bus and see a bit of America. Um, I've seen some of it before, but I'll <laughs> I'll be in Albuquerque next week, which is somewhere I never thought I would go in my life. But You're a fan um, of Better Call Saul. I, well, Breaking Bad, one hundred percent, probably mm-hmm. one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. But I haven't actually watched all of Better Call Saul. I started it and then. As ever, I always kind of uh, start things and then don't keep going with them unless unless someone forces me to. So I, I haven't seen Better Call Saul. But yeah, I mean, uh, I will be gone for a couple of weeks over there and just uh, looking forward to the experience. And then, yeah, I'm missing, I'm missing uh, the game on Saturday. I wouldn't have been there anyway because we've not got tickets. Um, I'll be back for the cup final though. So um, Brilliant, brilliant. That, but, but I don't know what, if anyone knows the... The, the the ins and outs of watching a football match on Wi-Fi on a plane and I'd like some advice on it because uh, I, I I don't like the idea of not being able to watch it because I, I just it's, even though it doesn't mean really anything of course it means something it's we're playing them but um, I think I would like to just experience that serial uh, nature of watching a, a football match on a on a flight it, it would be quite, quite something. Super. Also, it would distract me as well. I don't really like flying, so it would distract me from what I'm actually doing at the time. Seriously, what an opportunity. And hopefully you're able to uh, keep everybody up to date on your socials, JP, with loads of photos and stuff like that, because it's just an incredible it's an incredible experience for you. And like you say, even when you say it out loud, you're like, wow. Just, you know, casually going on a tour America with a cure. You know, that's what I'm doing next week. So I'll not see you next week. Brilliant. Um, talking about celebrations, Peter, I mean... It is a consideration, I think, for a sports person. I do think that, um, you know, you've got that elation, that spontaneity, but some of have been superb, choreographed, I don't know. What do you do when there's no fans in the stadium? I mean, I, I do remember Collins's celebration uh, when he silenced Ibrox back in 94. What do you do? I mean, is it, is it a consideration? Does Ange say to them? I mean, because we've already spoken about safety issues, you know, broken glass in the goal mouth, bottles getting thrown at staff, etc. Uh, what do you do if you score a goal? You celebrate. And if people want to throw things at you, then that the club can take, you know, take the, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, the brunt. Take the brunt, aye, aye, whatever's going to happen from it. You, you celebrate. If they want to lock every one of your fans at the stadium, then what are you supposed to do? Like, just take the ball and go back to the centre circle? Or maybe we will do that. Maybe we'll just uh, score, get the ball back to the centre circle and go again. Brian that McClure. Would, that would he loved like, doing that, eh? He loved, he loved getting the ball at the net. Um, so, um, but I know, 
um, that's they've made their bed; they have to lie in it. So they want to bring Celtic uh, to Ibrox and uh, watch us uh, score and celebrate. Then they can. We we would naturally go to our own fans, but there's nobody there, so it'll unfortunately have to be, or hopefully, in front of a few Rangers fans. I would. I, I mean, what would you you do under the circumstances, JP? I'd go straight to the dugout. I'd go straight up the Ange. You can celebrate with the staff and everybody in there. That's a good shout. Aye. I mean, I was thinking something a little more controversial than that, but... Uh, <laughs> what, P- Peter Grant, 1987? Uh, <laughs> aye, a combination of Peter Grant uh, on his knees and I'd, I'd incorporate a Robbie Keane forward role after that oh, with a machine gun. Uh, <laughs> I, think it, I think it wasn't. I mean, was it kind of like that? It was kind of... Aye. aye. aye it, was okay. it was less kind of aggressive than Ryan Kent. Aye. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. quite an aggressive. He got, he, he got away with that, so aye, yeah. I mean, that, uh, the idea of scoring at a full house of uh, Rangers fans at Ibrox is that's the stuff of dreams, really, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a full house of bears. Aye, well, unusual aye. that you. All right, bear. They're going to they're going to come at us on Saturday. They really will. Though. They, they they will throw everything and the kitchen sink at us on Saturday because the idea of us winning again against them, I think, would be really, really hard for them to, to cope with. So they, they will throw everything at us. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it finished a draw. I mean, I'd like to think we will go there and, and really stamp authority on them, but I, I think I think it will be a draw. That's my prediction. Right. Well, the last time you spoke about the, the lockout, or maybe the last time I tweeted about it or something, a few people said to us, uh, we were in. We were at Ibrox. We managed to get in. Aye, we 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 invaded it, etc. Um, do you think there will be any any Celtic fans in the stadium other than those wearing the green and white hoops? Peter, will anybody actually get behind any of the lines? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, I if some people <laughs> went for it. Um, <laughs> I've seen seen some things on Twitter, but I mean, like uh, there's still uh, tickets to be sold there, so I don't think every Rangers fan is going to uh, take up their allocation because they don't want to see this. So. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if a few undercover agents went in <laughs> and sat in their hand for, for 90 minutes and, and no move. And I would be, it would be, it'd be a difficult one if you were a fan sitting in amongst uh, in amongst that, trying not to celebrate. Or, you know, if, if Rangers scored, I don't know, what do you do? Just pretend you're going to the toilet or something like that and, uh, and, no, and no react. But I... Um, I think there might be, but they just you just have to be careful. You need to watch yourself in there. Uh, on the, I think my my goal celebration would be uh, the Hulk Hogan when he cups his ear to the four the four sides. I, just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. Remember when how don't went through a wee stage of doing the Hulk Hogan hand to the ear? Remember the three nothing yeah. game at Hamden. He did that. I'm keen to get your thoughts on what we're discussing today. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We're uh, heading towards 700 Live. If you like what we're doing, give us a big thumbs up on the YouTube channel. It helps us grow the channel as well. Loads coming up. We're about to announce, uh, is it the biggest gig we've ever done? One of, um, for June. So keep your eyes peeled on that as well. We'll be announcing. Plenty more to discuss. So we've already got a prediction, Peter, from JP, who reckons it will be a draw. Under the circumstances... You know, it's not a disaster for Celtic to come away with a draw with no fans in an away ground. Uh, how do you see it going? It's a hard one. Um, 
with the players out, obviously you're more confident with Carter Vickers and Johnston playing. So, you know, you've got a shake a shake up in the back line, uh, Kobayashi coming in. You just don't know how the players are going to react to having won the league and not having as much pressure. There will be some pressure, obviously, at a game like that. So it's like, do they do they play well? Do they silence the crowd, or do they let maybe the maybe the crowd get on top of them? So it's you just have to sort of wait and see how how they play. I would just hope that we play like I said. Don't know how many times I've said it. I just want to to play well against them. I still don't think they've played well. I don't think the football's been great. But at, at the end of the day, I think that possibly how they set up against us. I think they really flood like the midfield and make it very difficult. And so basically, to an extent, they're competing in that sense. But because they're doing that, they've not got a lot going forward. It's sort of a lot of hopeful balls into the box and stuff. They're mm. not really having his opening and stuff. So I think they can maybe compete with us in the middle, which will will probably be the, the main part of the game. But um, I, I think we're still very dangerous going forward. I'd play, I'd play a strong team. Um, to be honest, in my head, I'm thinking maybe a score draw. I'd love to win. But again, if we avoid defeat, the, that's more pressure on on Rangers and Michael Beale, because that would be about five um, Celtic Rangers games. They're still still not been able to win, and um, and they certainly won't be happy with it. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can say, if there was a meaningless game, this would be the most. There's never a meaningless game, but this would be the most sort of meaningless game because the biggest game was the semi final, just as we played them there. That was to get the chance to get the treble, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, so at the end of the day, nothing really matters with this game, but it's it's it sets you up for next season. It puts a lot of pressure on them, and uh, it, it adds to our sort of like, um, our strength, knowing that we can go there and keep coming away with keep coming away with results and stuff. So uh, again, there's a lot of shake up on the in the uh, in the lineup and stuff. Uh, there'll be a few people out, and you have to think about the cup final. Um, will they because They'll probably put some heavy challenges in. They might, yeah. they might try and uh, injure somebody like Kyogo or maybe somebody in the middle of the park. Because you've seen it in the, the semi-final. They won, if there was a 50-50 ball, they were flying into it. Like, you know, like Lundstrom in the first minute. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was over the ball. Like That was a heavy tackle. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if they, start, they went out with that mindset and maybe try and injure some people. So you have to be wary of that. But I still don't think Andrew will go weak. He'll probably want to go there, go strong, and uh, and win the game. Yeah, no, I think it is a consideration, and people have been talking about uh, playing people like O up top instead of Kyogo because you, you certainly don't want him uh, hobbling about in a moon boot JP for the Scottish Cup final. Um, that's for sure. But I, I think uh, I've been focusing more on the, the midfield trio because I think that what Peter says is right. That that is such an important part of the. You know any game, but against Rangers, that seems to be you know the area that they do flood because they know that a lot of what we do um, kind of that's the engine room, that's where it starts. And I, I keep going back to the game where we beat them three two, and I thought that um, the introduction, I think it was sixty minutes into the game of a water, uh, it came on for Moy that day. I think it completely changed the dynamic of the midfield for us. We changed it again. Um, and then Rangers got back into the game. But for that period, we managed to go ahead and then extend the lead to 3-1. Uh, not just because of Wata. I just felt that the three, which was uh, at the time it was a Wata, 
and McGregor and O'Reilly, I thought they worked really well. They complemented them um, each other really well. Um, Hatati, I want to talk about about um, later on in the show. I wouldn't drop him as such. I just don't think he's at that kind of level that he's been at fitness-wise, JP. A wee bit like Moy. I just don't think he's as sharp as he as he is when he's at his peak fitness. So uh, that's how I would start in the midfield. Um, is that a consideration for you? How would you start? Uh, I, would, I would probably go uh, McGregor, O'Reilly and Iwata. Yeah, I think I would, I would start with them. Just... Purely because we've got the luxury of being able to do that, um, yeah. I don't really see. There's not really any reason why you couldn't do that um, in this game, and it's a strong enough midfield to confidently go out against their midfield, which their midfield is going to be a bit depleted as well, isn't it? I mean, there's there's talk of uh, their wonder kid Raskin having a knock and things like that, but they've always got. TikTok Todd to come in and, and do the damage. The, the amount of hype over that guy because of a goal and and the fact that he you know seems to be this uh, glory boy from from down south. I, I've not seen anything from that guy in the games. He runs about a lot and he puts the effort in, but I've not seen anything to tell me that he's this messiah that they're going to build their team around. They'll probably score on Saturday now that I've said that, but um, uh, but I just I they, they've had so little to cling on to that these two guys that have come in in January are their 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 hope for the future, um, and we have a, a luxury of of midfielders that we can mm. call on uh, to go up against them. So I, I wouldn't be against that as a as a as a midfield. Um, I think I think I think it's it's a feasible option. And that's before you even mentioned David Turnbull, um, who you know doesn't really get mentioned in terms of the starting, uh, the starting three scored, of course, in the four nothing game, the first game mm. of the season against Rangers, and um, you know he was pretty undroppable for the first section of Angie's time at Celtic. So he's a player I'm not really wanting to write off, but at his age he'll be wanting first team games. I'm keen to get other people's thoughts on it. Thanks everybody for getting involved. We're heading towards seven fifty on the live stream, and we've got Kevin Mullen. In on the YouTube, welcome to the show. Afternoon, Axon. Well done, Celtic B. The domination goes on. Josh Clark, awesome saves with the penalties. It was. It was brilliant. A great performance. Um, and by the way, when you think about it as well, uh, going into next season, we've got six goalies on our books. That's before you even think about Josh Clark. So um, we've got Barkas and Obalayemi out on loan. We've got Hazard, Bain, Segrist and Joe Hart. So you would think that a couple of them will be moving on as well. Uh, in the summer months. Urban Culture, I imagine there will be a fair number of empty seats dotted around the stadium. Plenty more will emerge as the game progresses. I did ask the other week if you thought it would be a full house, JP. Do you think it will be a full house, a sellout? I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't see how they're... You, you know what they're like. I mean, <laughs> did you see the Bristol bar? On the coronation weekend? Oh, my God. I thought it was a joke. Uh, honestly, I thought to myself, this cannot be serious. <laughs> well, Mac- John McEnroe there. Cannot <laughs> be serious. But if, it was. Not, if, you're, if you're looking at levels of staunch, then, I mean, there's not going to be a... The staunchometer. It was right up at 11. Aye. The staunchometer was high. Um, so that, if you think about that for Saturday, then aye, I, don't, I don't think there's... Even if... Guys or girls wake up on Saturday morning with the worst hangover of all time. 
they're, they're still going to grit their teeth and be like, nah, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'll show them. I'll take my seat. And I'll show them. So, uh, and they obviously will want to be there on the off chance that something might happen for them because if they That's do win... If they do win on Saturday, then that the that will the narrative will suddenly be that we're coming for you, you know the rebuild's going to be successful and and it's our league next season and it's going to be all of that chat. And honestly, I was watching Twenty Minute Tim's on Monday and they were talking about and Stephen particularly was talking about how people always throw that oh you must be sick of winning chat and all the rest of it. Right, there might have been an element of that creeping in leading up to COVID. See, since COVID, I want nothing but pain for them. For the, for the rest of my life, I want nothing but pain. I don't care about any other club in Scotland winning anything. I just want I want us to win everything possible because um, there's records there to be had and we're going for our eighth treble, which will be a record. We're, yep. We've got them in our sights for the, 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 the lauded 55 titles. You never hear the end of every single time. You know, he was here for 55. You know, when we did, when we got 55 and the 55 and 55. It's like, I want them to be still talking about that in 10 years' time because they've got nothing else. That's that's what I want on them because if it was the other way around, they'd want it on us. And and, and I, I don't want to be uh, overconfident or anything like that, but as long as we're in a position to, to absolutely motor on and put serious distance between us and, and them then we should do it why not see on why that not? point we're playing in the final we're playing Inverness Cali who denied us a treble under Ronnie Dyla like that game we should have won that game 100% should have won that game I mean I, you obviously don't know what would have happened if we got the penalty but it was a penalty yeah. didn't get it and now we've got an opportunity to beat them so no mercy for them in the final as well like, no mercy I saw your tweet <laughs> it wasn't a Jean-Claude Van Damme film it was a Richard Gere film <laughs> um, but uh, no it's uh, it, uh, yeah absolutely no mercy at all no I like that I think you've got to have a ruthlessness um, and you know again I'm going to mention uh, Neil Lennon because there's reports that he could be getting back into the game with Olympiakos in Greece in the next 72 hours or so um, but he said recently that uh, there was a there was a change Um and it probably was a complacency that people mm-hmm. not sick of winning as such, JP, but it became the norm. Um, so there's an expectancy, and I think you can creep into complacency. It's like the old thing when you're, you know, if you're driving along, uh, and when you first start driving, you know that you, you're no very good at driving. So you're really paying attention. Every, every single move uh, is decided upon. Then you start coasting, and I think Celtic had started coasting. Not just on the park, by the way. I think also there was a complacency off the park. Um, so, yeah, and also talking about getting sick of winning. I mean, I think there's a collective here because people going about Celtic Daz mentioning the 90s and all this kind of stuff, right? It's like, never mention the war. You know, I watched Celtic in the 90s. I think there's there's the same attitude from people who have never known anything but a winning Celtic side. Just, it, it comes from a different experience, that's all. We want to win, JP, I reckon, because I love winning, but also I know how rubbish it is when we're coming fifth in the league, which we did, uh, I think, in Billy McNeil's final season in charge. And and the kind of younger generation, um, many of whom contribute to Axom, want to win because it's what they're used to. And that's fine because we've both got the same goal. 
It's just that maybe the experience to get there has been slightly different. And I would much rather that than draw a line and say a user or Celtic does going on about the 90s and that's why you like winning so much. We just all like winning. We all well, want to win. Season 2020-21, for so many reasons, the, what we were going through, not being able to go to the games and watching a team who we didn't think were really that great run away with a league title um, that we wanted badly because of what it would mean um, that was as bad as anything that I experienced in the 90s because you felt in fact probably worse because you felt so helpless you weren't you weren't there to cheer you weren't there to contribute it felt like you, it was happening and it was out, out with your control there's something That's about there's something about being at the games where you kind of feel like you've even if you've been there and you've drawn and you've lost you've at least been there and you've experienced it and you've lived through it so I've always ever since I saw that film Vanilla Sky there's got a line in it that says there's, there's no sweet without the sour and I've always kind of applied that to my life where you go through you know rubbish times in your personal life and it makes you appreciate the, the good times more yeah. so there hasn't been more of a seismic rubbish time than Covid and that season so it, it just makes everything from that, from the moment we stepped back into Celtic Park in an 18,000 capacity friendly against West Ham and got beat 6-2, I said that night, I was like, we got horse today, it was embarrassing, but I was back in that ground and I was so relieved to be back. And then, obviously, we've seen the evolution of, of Ange Postacoglu's Celtic side since then and what's happened. And, and by the way, on that, Barkas, rumoured to be going for decent money, so... Uh, the the whole myth about him being this terrible keeper um, is hopefully going to get exposed a little bit because he's he's not as bad as as he it's was. A bad fit, him. just a bad fit. Sometimes a club and a player just mm-hmm. don't fit, you know. And I think if Celtic are able to to get a decent fee for him, there's also the rumor that we might use him as a player swap deal for the striker. Mm-hmm. Then fair play, it's up there with Klamala, you know, getting our money back for for Klamala three and a half million quid, brilliant bit of business. And hopefully it does happen. Uh, John, Sweeney, welcome to the show. Let's whitewash this mob on Saturday and give them a miserable summer while we go for a treble. Yeah, I think there is an impetus. There's there's uh, momentum and uh, there's a kind of belief, a false belief, if uh, they were to get a result that they're, they're quite close to us and all this kind of nonsense. We've seen it recently in the mainstream media. Robert Wallace, go there, put on a show and remind them of what's going to happen next year. You strengthen, we strengthen well. It's an interesting point as well, Robert, because I'm not quite sure they can strengthen. I really don't. I mean, I, I'm not sure how they're going to finance a, an overhaul of players, for example. Peter, if you think about um, the situation Andrew was in, you know, post-COVID coming in, at least we had assets to sell, which he did. Someone was banging on on Twitter about the fact that Ange had spent £50 million. I think if you look at the net, he spent between 5 and £6 million. I mean, it's been very, very shrewd with regards to selling players and buying players. I don't think they've got that power because they don't have the assets to sell, Peter. How are they going to bring in a dozen players if they lose everybody that's out of contract? I have no idea. I mean, uh, we're in a really, really, really strong position. We know we've got good assets. We we sold well. We bought well for very little money. Um, they have brought two players in that Obviously, like you said, the shining light because they run a bit of it. If if they want to, um, you know, structure their team around Cantwell and Raskin, then by all means go ahead because 
Um, that's like, remember when we were uh, all in for Sorrow and um, Tumble? Because just because they were better than like anything we had seen. And then now they're nowhere near the team, like Tumble can I get a game and Sorrow's uh, out on loan. It's a bit like that. It's like, I don't think they realise the depths of despair they're going to be in because like, when you think about it, they're losing probably Morelos, probably Kent, not getting any money. Um, the assets that they've got to sell are few and far between. And if you're, if they're lucky, I don't know. I'm hearing them, they're talking about, oh, we could sell this guy, maybe somebody like Haji for four or five million. I'm sitting thinking, he's been injured, he's older. Why? How are you going to recoup your money for these these type of players? So if they're lucky, they, they could sell about five to ten players for about five million, I would say, just on the top of my head, because I don't see anybody that's going to go for big money, if not for, for free. And if and if they can't get them out, they're going to keep them in the books. But I so I think that the the rebuild, the overhaul, is going to be a lot smaller than than uh, Rangers fans think. I think they'll probably keep the majority of their squad and we'll add three or four players because that's probably all they could afford. Um, uh, and then they'll have to buy in the sort of like Bosman uh, market and the uh, you know the loan market. Mm-hmm. And is that going to be enough? to overhaul Celtic and the way we are play, playing and doing business. I don't know if it is. And um, I, like I keep saying, each year it goes by, um, each loss that Rangers make, the way their, the way their seasons went this year, if it, I really, really think if it goes badly next year and maybe by Christmas, Celtic are well ahead, maybe Rangers are out of cup and Bill's either under pressure or sacked at that point. I don't know whether it leaves that club. But you have to enjoy it while it while it's while it's going on because we've done a rebuild. We've went through the pain of COVID. We've done we went through it and it was like because it's such good times just now you forget the nights that you, you would sit in and watch um Livingston come and beat us and things like that through that season. And you're just like we went through it, so it's no time for Rangers fans to go through it. And and I think we should just keep strengthening while we've got the position. Um, like you say, uh, what is it? Um, fix the roof while the sun's shining, sort of thing. I like so that. we should uh, we should just keep going, keep strengthening. Um, if we can sell some players, trim down the squad, like you said, Paul. I think you said sell about ten our lone players, bring three, four quality mm. players in. Mm-hmm. And then really aim for Europe. And then, like I said, if, if you aim for Europe, you're going to have a quality squad. And that squad should take care of the the domestic trophies. Um, so, aye, it's, it, the sun is shining. Uh, we're about to go to Ibrox and put in a performance. I think I think it's a performance on uh, Saturday we're going to have. And um, oh, just pure, like JP says, misery. I just bring it on. Ramp it up. Ramp it up, indeed. No, that that is my kind of take on it. These guys that are out on loan, I think there's a few youngsters, JP, who will come back, I'm guessing, play for the B team, all the way, yeah, maybe one of them, uh, Ewan O2, um, who's done pretty well at Clyde and Dunfermline. They guys will come back, but the, the vast majority of them, they've not contributed this season, so we've not missed them. So, that, you know, it sounds like a lot of players, a lot of bodies, but they haven't contributed, so you, you let them go. And then you've got some guys on the fringes of the team, 
the likes of James McCarthy, Stephen Welsh, uh, Connor Hazard. You're not going to miss these people if they're not in the squad. And then before you know it, you've, you've maybe lost 12 or 13 players, but then bring in some real quality again, bring in some proper Ange buys, and then you're looking at that squad thinking, right, we have kind of upped it a, a, a level as well. But on that point, there's been a few kind of players spoken about um, over the last few weeks. Speculation will happen. We're not going to labour too much on it, but Leo Abada and Rio Atati certainly have come out and spoken about some of the speculation around about them. The third player I was thinking about was Carol Starfelt. Anthony Joseph said on Twitter the other day, a very good source normally um, from Sky Sports saying that uh, there's a few clubs interested in Carl Starfelt. Um, Leela Badas come out and spoken about the supposed interest. He says that he's happy, which was good to hear. And Rio Atate, uh, in response to questions around where was he uh, when the, the crowd went back to Celtic Park, he, he was dealing with something on a personal level. So they were kind of playing it down, JP, and um, I don't want to lose any of this team, actually. I don't want to lose any of it. But there is a chance we'll, we'll maybe lose one or two of them. Um, and But even if we do, we've got the finances there and we've got the recruitment strategy there that fills you with a lot more confidence than I had before. Well, it's like I was listening to John uh, Hughes speak yesterday and he, he kind of painted the picture of where we're at financially and as a club and everything else. But it's how do you get to that? How do you get to that next um, sort of stage or, or that kind of almost utopia where we are a Champions League club where we're in the mix and people draw us and fear us when they get us in the in the in the in the in the, in the draw that that's what you want to become you want to because you hark back to the days at Celtic Park when we had an incredible record at Celtic Park you and I we all we all saw it we all saw us beat teams on the regular that were probably bigger and better than us, but there was just such a fear factor of, of Celtic Park. And I remember thinking when we eventually did lose that record, I think we lost our record to the night that Larson scored. I think that was like the first time um, a team had beaten us at Celtic Park at, at that level for ages, for years. And it was horrible. I mean, in the worst way possible, to lose to Barcelona and a and a Henrik Larsson goal was 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 <laughs> you couldn't really have uh, drawn up a, a worse scenario than that. But um, you you do wonder how how the the powers that be at Celtic Park how they manoeuvre us with all this money with all this success um, with a successful manager. How do we get to that to that next stage so that we're not constantly do you you want to make incremental. Um, Improvements every season, but you, how long will that take? Like, how, if, if next season we finish third in the Champions League group, and then the season after that we finish third in the Champions League group, but how long would it take to actually get mm. first or second? Because you think with the success and the money that we have, that that is doable within three seasons or something like that, two or three seasons. But who knows if it is or not? And it can all go. It can all go not wrong, but it can all go. It can take a lot, a lot longer. Even though we've got these ideas in our head that that's where we should be and that's what we want to do, it's like how do you how do you actually get to that? Mm. To that. See so the thing with me, JP. I, I don't think the club were even considering that. I just think up until maybe even Ange came into the club, they just wanted to be there. 
They just wanted to be at the party, and it was mm. all about getting the bounty. That's all it was about. And I think I go back to the the uh, the chairman's uh, response when it was brought up at a fans forum fairly recently. And it basically says we can't compete at that level. And it was like the worst thing you could possibly say. Remember Ian Bankier saying that? Mm -hmm. We just can't compete with these teams. And it was like, wow, you're not even trying, are you? You're not even trying to compete. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ange comes in and he does have aspirations and the club have to match them. Like you say, it can't happen overnight. It's a massive jump. But you've just got to improve season on season. And I think that um, this this season was was disappointing, but you've got to take as many positives from it as as, as you can. Was it a better European campaign than, than last season? Well, it was at a higher level. I'm pretty sure the players have learned more this season than last. Yeah. Uh, and then you take that on to next season and hopefully, you know, get, get a couple of wins under your belt. You know, and then, that's progress. I'm focused on the Champions League. I'm forgetting about the Europa League, which is something that we should be making a dent in, especially given what they did last season. Um, and we're constantly getting this, or oh, you've not won a knockout tie since 2004 rammed down our throats. So that would be another good thing to bat back and be like, right, we have now. What else have you got to <laughs> to, to throw at us? Because we've done that now. We've got to a quarterfinal or something like that. And you'd like to think that if we... that That's the way that the progression would probably be truly measured if you were to do it over the next, say, three years. And you were to say, right, Celtic finished third in the Champions League group, getting into the Europa League, get to a quarter, get to a, a knockout tie in February, win it, get to that stage, maybe lose out narrowly at the, at the, at the next stage, and then the season after that go one further. So you're you're constantly building towards something, mm -hmm. and 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 all that while, if the team, if the core of the team stay together, then that experience mm -hmm. of getting to those stages in that competition, it won't seem like they're um, out of their depth. No, I'm uh, too comfortable well, in it. I'm ex I'm not expecting too much for the Champions League this season again because it depends. It all depends on the draw. But I mean, some of the draws you get are unbelievable. You've got huge teams in there, and to try and like upset these teams is really really difficult. And you have to remember that we're not just going to go from first time back in the Champions League to to them beating people at Real Madrid and stuff. Real Madrid can trounce teams. I mean, even big English teams and stuff. So you have mm. to remember the levels that you're you're playing at. But again, if we give, if we want to do too good in the Champions League, could we get into the Europa League? Could we start progressing there? And then this is why I think Ange might stay another season after next, maybe next season and the season after, because I think he wants to get, give himself a few shots at the Champions League, and then. If it's not successful, then he can walk away saying that he tried and he, he tried to improve the team. But I, I actually do think if next season doesn't go too well, he'll still improve again and try and go again the season after that. And I do think that would be the ultimate his ultimate aim to maybe qualify from a Champions League group, maybe win a knockout tie, get us into the maybe the last sixteen, last eight. And that would be unbelievable considering the teams that we're going to be up against. Mm. Um but you have to you have to trust you have to trust that he knows what he's doing and he's got big plans for the team and we we have all bought into that and uh, when it comes to talking about um, you now losing certain players then I've, I'm comfortable with it now because I used to be like oh my god we cannot lose him how can we sell him but I'm comfortable because um, he's told us that the plans are in place and if people are going to leave then there will be replacements coming in and again like you said hopefully they're incrementally better and you can just keep making small improvements but 
I it's not it's not going to be easy just to um, go into the Champions League and finish second or beat these no. big teams and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it, it takes a it will take a year or two of competing in it. What I liked well, was um, McGregor wanted Real Madrid. It was almost as if he said, "I want I want to test ourselves against the absolute best JP. Let's see what we've got." Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. What I can't have the next season though with the final is in the Europa League. I, I still can't believe it's in Dublin. Hmm. But, imagine I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. That's absolute oh, yeah. pie in the sky, chap. Oh. But, I mean, it's one of those ones that were, if we were to qualify uh, and get to, uh, if we were to qualify out of um, the Champions League group stage and get into Europa League for a tie in February, the momentum at that point where the final's only three months away, like, can you imagine... Imagine Celtic Park in uh, mm-hmm. a, a knockout tie in the Europa League. I, I would, I would be confident about taking on anybody with that kind of that kind of um, sort of army behind us at Celtic Park, and even away as well. You know, um, so <laughs> it would be fun, fun times. You've got us dreaming, but that's fine. That's what it's all about, being a football fan, being a Celtic fan. By the way, I've got to say condolences to the family and friends of Joe Cook from Greenock, who is a young Celtic fan who suddenly passed away yesterday. So big shout out to um, him, his family and his friends as well. That was Joe Cook from Greenock. Um, A few points to bring up. Mark Boyd, Saturday will be a great day. It's my birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. Hail, hail the boys in green. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Red Scotland do not sell Starfelt. Don't sell them. It took us long enough to find a decent partnership, by the way, Red Scotland. It's not an easy thing to find. Um, and yeah, at this moment in time, he's a very, very important part of the team. Paul Andrew Martin, piling on the agony, putting on the style. We could finish with a song, but um, if you've heard me singing, you probably wouldn't want us to. Now, I want to finish off, though, because, I mean, we've got Peter sitting there with the uh, remade lime green kit. We've got JP with the retro. Is that a, is that an original? As a, a yeah. original, it's in good nick. Original replica uh, of the bumblebee, the famous bumblebee kit. And um, at this time of year, you see loads of concept jerseys. JP, you see lots of apparent leaks, and we have seen a home jersey, green and white hoops, which looks sensational. But we've also seen a black and gold. Um, away one that was leaked a couple of days ago which I think mm. looks tremendous I'm not sure if it's real, I can't say because sometimes the concept artists are so good that it looks as real as possible um, but we were just talking about the black kit and when it came out and you think of certain players when you see it um, I think that black one I'd need to check my own book by the way but I think I mentioned in that book that black kit, there yeah. it is still available from all good Celtics uh, shops I'm pretty sure that was the first one that had the, the star. star. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was. You're right, uh. um, I'd need to check the book, but I think it was anyway. But I like the look of the black and gold, JP. What's your thoughts? I do like it. I think it, it did look like a, a mock-up. Is it the one that's got Adidas and the trefoil on the it did look, Yeah. There's something about the sponsor that I thought didn't look quite right. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a bit about the home top yesterday. Um mm. I'm not sure if I can say on air, um, but that I think that home top that you saw was real, the the one with the white badge and the white Adidas thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's actually going to be the strip. Right, so is it is it an anniversary next season? 120 years of the hoops. There you go. So that that that's what I heard. That's what I heard. 
I sound like some ITK guy. I'm not an ITK guy. I just happened to speak to somebody. How uh, dare you? How dare you hear something? I I was laughing at myself earlier because you were talking about being on holiday and and, um, going out away days. And it was always a thing. You go on holiday, spot a set of hoops, you think there's an ally. And straight away, that's a Celtic fan. Now, people see you on social media and and they give you abuse. Um, for being a Celtic fan, which is bizarre how that's come full circle. Uh, Peter, I, I love that idea. Um, the hoops. What I would say though, my OCD would have the the star green embroidered in green on the green hoop. JP, I would have the whole thing kind of like all two colours. I wouldn't have white on green or green on white. I would have it like that. Oh, oh by the way though, it begs the question: Are they bringing back the big numbers on the shorts? Ah, I wouldn't know. Oh, they would need to do that. By the way, just before I forget, see you said about beating anybody, beating Rangers at Tidley Links. <laughs> you beat them at Celtic, guess who as well? I got given that as a gift. Brilliant. It's quite a... Check that out. That is a belter. Is it the current players or is it a few seasons no, it's, Oh, it's, it's all over. got like Bruni, Larson, Dembele, Tierney, Armstrong, Forster, <laughs> Sinclair. I love uh, it. Uh, it was uh, my pal Scott, who's actually a Rangers fan at work. Uh, got me that as a as a gift. He saw it in a charity shop, and he was like, "I need to get that for JP." I have never yeah. seen that before, JP. I did get my wee guy um, a Saint Pauli Connect Four, which is quality as well. Nice. So you've got the skull and crossbones, and you've got the crest, and that's the two teams. I'm going to come to you before we wrap up, Peter. What's your thoughts on the new kits? All right, I really I'm sold on the uh, the green and white one. Um, if that was going to be the home one, well, we d- we don't know what's going to happen, but. Uh, I'm really sold on that. I've seen like a couple of pictures and I think it was an actual real uh, a real top. Um, really like that. Obviously, I don't like getting with sponsors. I just don't like them. Uh, I like sort of plain, plain T-shirts. Mm. So, but they're always more difficult to come by. Um, and the black one, I, I really like. I was hoping for a bumblebee one. It's the same style as the green and white uh, hoop one that we're, we're talking about. Yeah. Imagine that in black and um, in black and uh, bump, uh, black and yellow, sorry. With a black badge, amazing. With a black badge, nah, that, that, would cool. that would look good. Aye, that would be amazing. But um, and I remember, I think the first memory I've got of the the old, I think it was two thousand and four with Larson, the black and gold mm. with the collar. And uh, I think there was a picture of Larson. He's like lobbing a keeper. Uh, it was in Europe, I think, away in Europe. Uh, I think that was my first memory of that kit. So all my all my memories are like Larson, Petrov, uh, Alan Thompson, all that stuff with that kit on. But um, listen, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, uh, I'm sure they'll come up with something good, and they have to because it's all about selling shirts at the end of the day. And if we like them, we're going to buy them. So listen to the fans and, and they'll they'll come up the price up, putting the price up as well. Apparently, mm. the, the, the bits are going to be like eighty quid or something. Like like, people will buy them. That's the thing. See, in 20 years, 20 years, we'll have a range of kits. It'll be right. This is the Motherwell kit. This is the jersey we wear against Motherwell. This mm. is what we wear. It's just, it's getting beyond, I mean, four jerseys in a season. Bring back, bring back the replicates in the wee boxes where you got oh, the sock yes. and the strip and the wee box. They were the best, man. First one I ever got, it was 86, 87. So, this the jersey before the centenary one, JP. Mm-hmm. Um, cracking, that was my first ever. And it was in one of the wee umbro boxes in a sports shop in Pennycook, which I don't think is there anymore. But um, yes, thanks everybody for getting involved. And um, we were 
going to announce something today. It'll probably be in a couple of days. Big gig coming up in June. Um, if you want to come to the May gig at the end of this month with Jackie McNamara, there are, I'm being told, 10 VIP tickets left. So the ticket link is underneath. There's still some general sale tickets, but there's only 10 VIP if you want to meet. Jackie, get your photograph taken, get a signed item and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's at Gracie's and it's on the 26th of May. Ticket link underneath the video. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, JP, you enjoy your break. Stay safe. And remember when you're sitting in that plane to go and tour with The Cure and The Twilight Sad that you've had hard times and you're going to enjoy the good times, my man. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Absolutely. Give us a big thumbs up on YouTube. And thank you to JP Mason and Peter McGacky for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.